We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal Stories of Soccer Legends. Narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly, each Monday two new episodes will take a look at some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. From Holland, Zlatan, Messi, Rapinoe, and many more, each episode will focus on historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and listen to the Golden Goal Stories of Soccer Legends wherever you get your podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, back for another week and kicking it off with some pro wrestling talk like we guys told you we would on Thursday. Plenty to talk about today. It's going to be jam-packed. We're talking New Japan, Impact, which we rarely talk about, but we got to give it its shine. Talking AEW, the last night of Fighter Fest, NXT's last night of Great American Bash, and previewing Extreme Rules Horror Show, all on this one episode. So you guys are in for a lot of wrestling. But first, Dre, we didn't talk about this the other day because we made it a point to hold off until Jada did her little bringing herself to the table, red table talk. And I'm glad we didn't touch on it. Because now we have this whole idea of what happened. And I will start by saying this. August Alcina's in the wrong. Yes. That's it. Loose lips. Sink ships. I don't... I can't co-sign that. I can't do it. Um, yeah, I guess that's where we can start. Um, <clears throat> Crack the claw? Early. Yeah. <sighs> 
the August Alcina thing is an interesting one because of what Jadis said it was his mental issue. Now, obviously, those listening to the show, I'm sure you've heard about this. August Alcina spoke with Angela Yee. Um, said she, he had a relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith with Will Smith's blessing. And shit went haywire. So Jada Pinkett <laughs> finally did a Red Table Talk with herself and brought Will along for the ride. Um, in one of the... It was uncomfortable to watch. I'll say that. Because... I couldn't decipher who was comf- more comfortable talking, and it looked like Will was really having a hard time with this. Even though he was wearing the face, it was like, yeah. dude, <laughs> this is not some shit I want to revisit. So the aug- to keep from crying. Yeah, so the August Alcina thing, I mean, you can. he was in the wrong, but the other side of this is Jada kind of preyed upon this man in a way with the mental health that issues that it seems like she acknowledges he had. And if you're aware of this and you decide to be in entangled, which is they've been, they've murdered this word in like 24 hours. An entanglement. Which is, I mean, it was a weaselly way for, for Jada to address this shit. Just say it. Like, you were you were fucking dude, right? Like, just say it. You were, you were in a relationship while you were separated. Whatever. Entanglement? Nah. That, to that's, be fair... He could have been in a relationship, and she not in that same relationship. I've seen that shit happen. It it doesn't matter. It's a, entanglement it just, is ridiculous. But let you know, some people think they're in a relationship; they are not. But the point the point I'm making is like she was entangled in she was in her cougar phase because August Alcina is a young dude, and if he has mental health issues, and you had this relationship to get your rocks off or to feel wanted or whatever it was that you needed. You can't be all that surprised that he said something, right? At a certain point, because maybe, like you're, you were just kind of alluding to, maybe he really was in a relationship. Maybe yeah. being who he was and where he was at in life, you know, he was <laughs> with somebody he probably grew up watching on TV and was like, oh, shit, I'm in a relationship. And Jada's like, no, you're not. I'm just trying to get my rocks off. So he's hurt. And he went to Angela Yee. And that, I mean, that to me, that, that was the problem is, is I I don't know you handling that in public like what do you expect is gonna happen? But I don't think he thought about it that far. It was something that he's been holding on to for seems like the last few years, and he just decided to speak on it. Um, I don't think it had anything at first. You know, I was like, maybe he's got an album coming out. Maybe he's doing the Kanye. Maybe this is like a marketing plan. But I don't yeah. think it's that. I think he said he had something to get off his chest, and he decided to do it on a public forum, which I frown upon. I wouldn't have done it, but. That whole situation is a mess. Jada's too old for this shit. Like, I, I mean, he's a young dude with mental health issues. It feels like, like, imagine if the roles were reversed and this was Will Smith doing this with, like, a 25-year-old girl who supposedly has mental health issues and she went and announced this. We would be looking at this situation all different. Completely different. It, especially when she said we welcomed him in, into our home, like, our family helped him, you know, the, the kids befriended him. Like, that gets a little weird. Because, yeah, if Will would have done this to a 20, probably one-year-old at the time, friend that was in their home and entrusted them, it'd look like he was a predator. Yeah, like, imagine if this was Summer Walker or Ari Lennox that Will Smith was doing this to. And Ari yeah. Lennox, who's always on Instagram saying some wild shit, she, <laughs> like, comes out and says something. We'd be looking at Will like he was the worst human being in the world. 
It's, it's a weird double standard on how men and women like we look at these situations because a lot of people made fun of Will Smith, and but if it was Jada Pinkett, everybody would have felt sorry for. Her. Yeah, and there's nothing to make fun of Will about. Like, no, I, I think the original comment was Will gave me his blessing, and people took that and ran with it. Yeah. I think one thing that came of the Red Table talk was one we were separated as someone like myself, who's been separated before getting divorced. Like, I was separated for three years. So I understand, like, how a separation works. Many people don't have adult relationships to understand these things. No. It's a whole different long-ass talk about how marriage works and how a failing marriage works. So that's, like, a whole different thing that people can't comprehend. So maybe August, I'm putting puzzle pieces together here but it seems as though august may have felt uncomfortable at a point in time broached the subject with will and will was like we are separated she can do whatever the fuck she wants to do that is not giving me his blessing that is is none of my damn business two very different things can be interpreted in two very different ways yeah so he's like yo oh well you know me and jada are hooking Okay, cool. Congrats. Like, we're separated. She do whatever she wants. Oh, so you're not mad? No, I don't give a fuck what she's doing. Oh, Will gave me his blessing. No, I just told you I don't give a fuck what she's doing. Who knows what Will was doing? Who knows? And, and that's the, the real crazy part about this is, yes, you got to be have a certain level of maturity to have these conversations because I like, I'm watching people just saying the wildest stuff on social media. I'm like, I can tell you haven't been married. Or if you have been married, you haven't been married very long. Like, this situation is complicated because if they were indeed separated, like Jada and Will have said on this Red Table Talk, and Jada chose to do whatever she wanted to do and Will was doing whatever it is he wanted to do, which we don't know what that is. Yeah. I mean, the bigger the big issue is, like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because for me, it's like, why do we care so much? Like, the, the level of caring about this, but it's hard because they're celebrities and that's why people care. Yep. And they've done a good job of wearing the facade of a good, healthy relationship for so long. So this first sign of a uh, of a, a mess comes up, and now everybody's scrambling trying to figure it out. Oh, they have an open marriage. Oh, this. Oh, that. Well, like everybody's trying to put these pieces together. The thing that I feel like Jada, I would say that she did wrong. If there was anything, if you were trying to keep people out of your business, is posting August Alcina all over social media. Like the pic, like taking pictures with him in public. Well, that's easy to say after the fact. Again, when you are separated, there's very long periods of time where you think you're not going to get back together. No, I I agree, but I, so, I'm saying I'm saying in the sense of if the goal was to keep people out of your business, taking pictures with somebody that you're boning when people don't know that you're separated is going to eventually but, come back around. But that's the last thing on your mind. Well, I mean, like, when you're a celebrity, it's different. It's got almost got to be the it, Like I said, if you care about nature, people... I'm just saying, if you care about celebrity. people being in your business, if you care, if you don't care, do whatever you want. But if... Oh, if, yo, if she saw Will, if, if she saw Will with a bad one, and she was just like, nah, fuck, Will's just next to a bad one on Instagram where she thinks he's tapping something. Oh, word? So my quiet little secret is about to be flaunted because I'm hitting this 
youngster who's 20 years younger than me. And he's an R&B star. Like, your ego comes into play. But that's what I'm saying. I'm sure Again. she regrets it now. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. in the moment, she gets the pass. Again, like, emotionally, like, when you are a celebrity, a celebrity is a business in itself. And I feel like they treated it that way is the reason why nobody knew they were separated. Because they didn't want anybody in their business. They didn't want anybody to know that they were separated. Their business was this happy marriage with these two kids. Which God knows what those two have thought about with this whole situation. But... That's the facade that they put forth. And if you don't want people in your business, you have to move silently. And it's hard when you're a celebrity to do that. It's almost impossible. But if you if you don't care and he's happy, you just got to kind of shrug your shoulders. But they care to a degree, which is why they have the Red Table Talk, which is almost like a PR moment in itself to try to clean this up. Because it's messy. It's messy. And there's nothing they can really do about it now because, look, if Will did anything, guess what? We don't know about it. We don't. We have no idea. If he did anything, we don't have a clue. He didn't have a loose end. She did. August Alcina being a loose end is the. It is the. It's the most. It's 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 on par with 2020. Because usually it'd be the dude that has the loose end. It's like, oh shit, here she come. No, it was a dude who's an art dude. It was another celebrity. He didn't like C level, D level, but he was still a guy in the public eye. Mm-hmm. That shit was going to come back around somehow, some way. But if, again, if Will did anything, if Will had any extracurricular relationships or anything, we knew nothing about it. We didn't even see pictures with Will with other women. There was nothing gotta, to go. Don't you have to have an NDA or something? Like, at that point, if you're that level of celebrity. Not really, because if, like, if you're in public, like, Jada was taking pictures at events with August Alcina. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It wasn't like they were just like hanging out at some restaurant. Dude, they were at events in the public. And people didn't really think nothing of it. They was like, oh, they're just cool because celebrities are cool as people. And that just happens. But now when you put it all back together, you're like, damn, you guys are hiding it in, in public. You were hiding it in plain sight. But he was a loose end. August Alcina was a loose end that she did not tie up. And I guarantee you that however they split was not on good terms. No, that shit never ends on good terms. Like, she can say whatever she wants. There's there's no way they split that and go back to your husband without some feelings there. Because there's... I mean, August hinted towards that. He hinted towards he loved her with everything, is what he said. Which means he thought he was enough for her. He was in too deep. Yeah, and then he found out, you know, life hit him fast, that he wasn't Will Smith. Like, it's just like, uh, yeah, I thought we could have something. It was funny. I was talking to my wife the other day about it. She was like, you probably thought, like, you know, she was going to leave the family for him. But no. When it came down to, like, no, we still have a chance to be a family. Like, yo, we're, we're good and we're rocking, but I'm not leaving my family for you. And a lot of people have that. I don't want to say it's a misconception. Because maybe when you're in the thick of it, it's, it seems like a reality. But shit changes. And, you know, three, two years of honeymoon phase and elongated fling isn't 17, 20 years of marriage. So, yeah, it came out of fact. And, again, that is the crux of a separation. Yeah. People, it's, there's casualties of war. Sometimes in separations. When I was separated from my first wife, I, 
shit, I remember, again, I moved out. I had a whole nother girlfriend. When my first wife sabotaged that, just exquisitely, by the way, um, that shit went up in flames, and then I had no one, and then my ex-wife decided to tell me, while still separated, like, yeah, well, I'm hooking up with this guy who she was working with the whole time for, like, years. And this is not even the other guy she hooked up with. Some other guy at her job. And I was like, what the fuck are you telling me this for? And then I was like, okay, we're separated. I was tight for, like, two days. And I was like, we're separated. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And then I had a year to remember. But none of that when it came to the end of it, if we would have decided to get back together, I think we hit like a point, like two years after that, where it was like, yo, are we getting back together or are we getting divorced? Like, it's time to shit or get off the pot. And we decided to get a divorce. And it was like, perfect, cool. But it's like that guy, like now I'm at ESPN. It's like that guy going and being, and I'm not even Will Smith. I'm not fucking famous at all. But it's like that guy telling people around town, like, yo, you know, oh, look, Kel Dansby at ESPN. You know, I slept with his wife. I was like, what kind of stupid shit would that be? Like, yeah, technically she was my wife, but we weren't fucking with each other like that. Like, we were separated. Like, I don't know what it lends itself to August Alcide. Granted, maybe it's some form of therapy. He had to get off his chest, like you said. But what is this boosting? What kudos do you get to be like, yo, I slept with Will's wife. I slept with Jada. And he's complaining because it cost him opportunities. This is going to gain him any opportunities. No. I don't know. It's Kyle's a motherfucker, dude. Like, <sighs> it, it, like again, like working in the industry for as long as I have, and still have friends in the industry, and, and still have like I have friends that were ended up becoming super famous. I had some friends that ended up becoming not so famous and fell off, and they were popping at one time. And to watch how people manage their egos through all of this, like somebody like August Alsina, you couldn't have told him when he had I Love It, that the end was near. You couldn't have told him that. You couldn't have told him, like, that's it, buddy. It's a wrap. This is it. This is your moment. Suck it up. They don't know it. And, and he thought he was going to be Chris Brown and Trey Songz. Yeah. And they're still running, and he's down. He's out. You know, it's yep. like Jay Holiday. Remember Jay Holiday? Yeah. He had bed, and everybody figured out the dream road and was like, ah, yeah, this ain't <laughs> you. It's him. We're out. And August Alcina is one of those acts. Like, he's an individual who... Like, had a, a hit, and I'm sure he thought it could have took off for him, but it didn't. So now it's like you're waffling between these two worlds, a, a world where you need to go drive an Uber and a world where you think you might be one hit away from making it. It's a tough place. I've seen celebrities deal with this. It's a tough place to be because it's so hard to tell them. You ain't, it's over. It's so hard to tell them that. The people that make it aren't the ones that you think are going to make it. So he looks at this situation like he's been, and that's the worst part, celebrities who are, I'm not going to say broke, broke, because there are some that are really broke, but some that are, you know, struggling, but they're still at events with other celebrities. So now they're like sizing each other up to figure out how successful they are. So August is in a situation where he's got a hit song. Uh, he's He feels like he's on the cusp. He makes a relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith, and he, in his mind, he's probably like, I'm coming back. I'm going to be back. His whole world has been taken out from under him. Now he doesn't have Jada Pinkett Smith. He has no songs. He has nothing. So I'm sure 
whatever it was rocking in his head, he was like, yo, I got to get this off my chest. I don't think he was really thinking that hard because he still has relationships in the industry, which leads him to Angela Yee. And I was like, I feel like getting this off my chest. And he tells her, and it's like, we're all wondering why, but I'm sure it was complicated in his head that he was just like, yo, I just got to say this. I don't know what it's going to mean or lead to. I want people to know my story and what's going on. Where have I been? And that's what it was. But alas, this shit ain't going to do nothing for him. It's not like, I, I mean, I'd be surprised if he had another hit song. Yeah, me too. Like, I, he could have had the hit song without voicing this. But like you said, if he had to get off his chest, I, I believe that's what therapy and therapists are for. Doing this in a public forum says something very different to me. And it's not like his platform. Because I say a lot of wild shit on this podcast. But it's my podcast. Like, I'm not going anywhere and, like, asking someone for me to be on their platform to voice my opinion. Or to say I slept with someone. Like, what? It, it's, it's very weird to me. And it seems like almost to the point where he blames her. And them for his failures. Absolutely. There there it is. You kind of mentioned it right there. The reason why he wanted to get this off his chest is because he has nowhere else to go. And he's still, like, semi-famous. And people, he thinks, like, I mean, you never know. Like, I say on this podcast all the time, I don't know how many people listen to this shit. Like, you never really know how many people are checking for you, care for you, uh, are looking for you. You don't know. So he felt like whatever his situation was wasn't entirely his fault that he got wrapped up in some shit and it's really hard when you're doing that um the spongebob meme where you're like staring out the window and jada and will are running around <laughs> having fun and you're sitting there like yo what the fuck you know yeah. maybe i don't know if he necessarily wanted you know everybody always said yeah i still got love for them it usually means like i really don't but i'm just saying this to save face and that might have been what it was like, he, I, you know, I still got love for Jada. I hate that bitch. Like, that's probably what he was thinking because it kind of ruined him because he was really in deep with her, and she really was not. She really was not. So he felt like he had to say this to get it off his chest. So I can see where this is why I say it was wrong for him to do it on a public forum because I don't know what he was trying to gain out of it, if anything. But if it was just kind of this thing where he felt like, I got to get this off my chest because those two motherfuckers aren't as clean as you think they are. That's yeah. what it felt like to me. Yeah, that's that's a whole different level of spite. But then he just, in actuality, probably gave her the highest rated episode she's ever had. Yeah, but I mean, like you ain't bringing down that couple. No, I mean, at this dude, point, like you don't. Bad strategy. Again, it's one of those situations where you really don't know the outcome. He just wanted to light the fuse and see what, you know, because he felt like he was hurt. He's a hurt. Dude, he's hurt. Men, <laughs> women, when they're hurt, you think irrational, you do irrational shit. When you think you're being rational, you look back and you're like, man, that was some dumb shit I just did. That's probably what he's doing. Like, why did I do this? It's too late now. Can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. It's out. And they ain't fucking oh, with yeah. you no more. <laughs> you're out. No, 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 no. So he thought he was blackballed before. If they really wanted to put the pressure on him. But now, it's like, if you were dwindling, there's no reason for someone to fuck with you anyway. So, it, it's it's weird. I don't see the benefits for him at all. And then, you look at it, though, and you, you touched on it. Like, why do people care so much? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know why people were shocked by this. Because, much like pro wrestling industry, which we're going to talk about here in a second, and pro wrestling in general... 
a lot of people sleep with a lot of people. Married, non-married, engaged, couples. I mean, we, we saw Paige and Xavier Woods. Like, that shit's the music industry. People are smashing other people's married-ass husbands and wives. The, the circle is so small. Like, all these video vixens from back in the day, they dated eight of these guys. So I'm not surprised there's like, oh, Jada hooked up with August Alcina. Yeah, it's law of proximity. He was hot for the moment. They saw each other. He had access. She had access to him. She's not, I guarantee you, she's not the only wife smashing somebody. No, I, I want to correct you on one thing. It's not even the entertainment business. That's life. <laughs> that's true. I mean, to be real. I talk about call centers all the time. Yeah, so dog, yes, that's true. It's, it's life. Like, I've, like I said, I've been in this industry for a long time. I've met a lot of people. I've, you know, been around a lot of things. And I know people who grew up where I grew up that are smashing more women than celebrities that I know. Might not be the same quality, <laughs> but they're out there doing... I mean, it happens. I know dudes that they can relentlessly cheat on their wives and husbands. I know people that do this all the time. Entertainment is just a bigger... Uh, it's a bigger fishbowl for everybody to look at. Whereas in your little city, it's like, you know, it, it's the law of proximity. It's what's on your block. And there's people there. And if you choose to do so, people are going to dabble. That's why when I, when I see this, like, you know, people talk... I mean, yes, the industry is hard. I'll be the first one to say it. I'm married, and I've been in this business for a long time, and it's hard. It does put a strain. Traveling, you know, the play, events that you got to be at, the people you meet, it's, it's difficult. The shit is not easy. But... I've seen, like, marriages get ruined for less. Oh, yeah. Over a dice game. Like, the shit is for real. Like, (laughs) things just fall apart. So, when this happened, you know, I wasn't shocked. It's the people that have this idea that that marriages never fail. Like, Will and Jada, never believe everything you see on TV. Will and Jada, I look at them all the time. And what I always do, this is me. I'm not the person that goes, oh, their marriage is fucked up. I don't do that. I just go, I don't know. I I just honestly don't know. And I'm cool with not knowing. And I don't want to past judgment on what I think it is unless I know something intimately but if I don't I don't know you know what I don't know I really don't give a fuck so when August Alcina came when it first came out I was like I don't care and then as the days progressed and I was like y'all still talking about this shit alright I guess yeah. we have to address it at some point <laughs> you did push it off for as long as possible I did cause you I didn't just care like, yeah like okay let's get like a whole story so we can talk about this cause yeah the speculation of it it, it doesn't I don't know. It doesn't surprise you. You always say that shit, though. Like, I'm not shocked. I'm just something. I'm never, I forgot I'm, that. I'm, I'm never surprised. I'm always appalled. There you go. That's exactly what this was. You're just like, yo, you're not surprised mm-hmm. when these things come out. It's like, oh, so a celebrity was smashing another celebrity while married? Shit. Like, you, you're here at BT in New York. I'm sorry. You've seen way crazier That's shit awesome. than this. Man. <laughs> so, like, and that's that's when you're really in it. Like, when you're in the culture and you you got to go out for work every night and you're around and oh, if people traveled on the road with the WWE for three months, the shit that they would see is mind-boggling. Yeah. Like when you're immersed in any culture, and like you said, I when it's even the smallest of small. My wife, to this day, her cousins always call her or her sisters call her and be like, guess what's happening in Henderson? Henderson, for the people listening, is like the suburb of Las Vegas where my wife grew up. 
but no one ever leaves there. That's a bubble. So, like, you, you live in Henderson, you're born in Henderson, you live in Henderson, you die in Henderson. Um, none of my wife's family has ever moved from Henderson, which is crazy. Or well, mom lives in Germany now. Aside of that, I think everyone else is, like, Las Vegas-centric. So, they still have, like, fucking crazy, just della novella-style stories going on in Henderson for, like, 20 years. Where it's like, yo, I, I cheated on my husband with this guy. Then we both had children with you know within our marriages. And now our children are dating. And I'm talking to him again on the low. But then his wife is smashing this dude. Like, that shit's crazy. I sit back. I'm like, yo, this shit is wild. Like, that small town, just proximity, everywhere has this. It's just more interesting when celebrities have it, I guess. Yeah. Because we but feel like we want to know who they are. That's all. Yeah, that pedestal is, is horrible. Putting celebrities on a pedestal, I never get. Because I've met too many of them to understand just how flawed they are as people. And not in a bad way. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you just see that. Like, everyone is flawed, but you see that. Like, I'm not putting anyone on a pedestal. Because I've seen the highest of highs of celebrities and know how fucked up they are on a day-to-day. So everyone is fucked up. Um... Let's switch gears to pro wrestling, though, before we take our break. And talking about a pedestal. We had to start our pro wrestling talk with this. I am guilty, Dre, of putting New Japan Pro Wrestling on that pedestal. How people say bay goals or couple goals and all this shit about, uh, what, Sierra, Russell Wilson, Will and Jada, uh, whoever the fuck they else they say about that was New Japan to me. In pro wrestling, I said, you know what? I criticized NXT. I criticized WWE. I criticized AEW. But New Japan never fucks up. I've said this for so long. They're the constant. Dre, they have fallen off the pedestal. And it's the first time. First time. I can't see a defense for something that ghetto booked. And when I say this... Hopefully you guys watched it. New Japan, Dominion happened over the weekend. New Japan Cup finished. Dominion went straight into that. We talked about a lot of the stuff on New Japan Cup last wrestling episode, but we left short of the semifinals. So to wrap this up, real quick synopsis, and Dre, you can fill in the holes right after I'm done. Um, semifinals, Evil versus Sonata. I thought Sonata was going to win. Evil wins. I'm like, all right, Evil's going to lose. Evil goes to the finals. Um, it's him versus Okada. Yep. In the finals. Okay, Okada's going to win. Duh. Rematch. Wrestle Kingdom. Get his title back. Or, you know, just challenge for a title again. Nope. We get Evil beating Okada. Then, okay, that gives him automatic title shot against Naito. Naito comes out. Goes for the LIJ fist bump. Evil gives him the two sweets. Evil joins Bullet Club, beats the hell out of Naito. Okay, setting up Dominion. Dominion comes. No way that this means anything. Maybe we get a false finish, which barely ever happens in New Japan. But maybe there's shenanigans. He just joined Bullet Club. They'll beat up Naito, setting up something for the summer. All right, we're going into this. And then the worst, worst booking decision I can think of, Evil upsets Naito, who never had a successful title defense, right? 
Oh. Or did he have one before the pandemic? A Tommy. I call oh, okay. him a Tommy. Kenta, yes. Yes, so he had one. He beat Kenta, but loses to Evil for both titles. Not one. I would have been okay if this was an intercontinental match. Or maybe if he just kept that one. Nope, lost both belts to Evil. And Evil rides out as the top of the Bullet Club. I don't get it. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, we'll run down the rest of the show because this was a good show until this match. <laughs> first things first, Evil versus Naito sucked. As a match. No, it wasn't good. As a yeah, match, it was. it was not a good match. And I can't figure out who to blame. Him, Okada wasn't great either. Well, a lot of the blame, in my opinion, goes to how Naito ha- handled his character in this match. I was stumped as to somebody that you brought into LIJ gave him the name Evil. That's your like dog, right? He turns on you and joins B- Bullet Club 24 hours, uh, 48 hours earlier, right? And now he's challenging you for both of your titles. Like, the seeds were planted well. It was like he was doing heel shit the entire way, even to his own partner. Like, the Sonata shit, I was like, uh, but I didn't even think about it. I didn't think he would join Bullet Club. That never crossed my mind. I just thought there would maybe be some kind of conflict where evil goes too far. Didn't mm. think he would just join Bullet Club. But fast forward to this match, and this is why I say this match sucks. There was no emotion from Naito in this match. For, a, for somebody who just turned on you after all these years of LIJ and you just won the title and he now he's challenging you for your shit that you worked this hard to get and did this in an underhanded way, there was no fire in Naito. He wrestled this like he usually wrestles a tranquil match. And I just didn't understand how he could wrestle like that after being turned on. So that bothered me. There was no fire in this match. There was like segments where it was like it felt like it was heating up. Well, for the most part, this was a dull match. Then my next thing is I'm wondering how the injuries are mounting up on Naito. Some matches he completely gets off, and he's amazing, like the Okada match at Wrestle Kingdom. This match, it just felt like slow, and I can't even 100% blame Evil because Evil's had some really good matches. So the match sucked. Like, this match was not good. And the crazy part is, like, you look at this, like, you looked at this card on paper, like, I knew Shingo and Sho were going to tear it down. The tag match, on the other hand, I was like, eh, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr., this could be all right. That was a really good tag match with a really good finish. Even though, they, like, the what they call themselves, the Golden Aces lost the titles, I yep. love how they tortured Tanahashi at the end. I, they made Zack Sabre Jr. look like a beast. And we're back in the spot now where it's like, well, what are they doing with Zack? Because we keep asking ourselves this question, like, every few months. But then we get to the main event, and I'm like, well, you can't just take the titles off Naito already. But they did. And Dick Togo is now in the Bullet Club? Yes, the legendary Dick Togo is 50 years old. He probably, he can still go, and he wrestles snug and stiff as hell. But now he's in the Bullet Club. So, if anybody's keeping track, the Bullet Club was created to be gai- a gaijin faction, which was non-Japanese wrestlers. But because of the travel restrictions, none of those guys are here. So they, now they have to kind of book the Bullet Club with, like, this new faction. So, here's my opinion of what happened. I think, because of the travel restrictions, Gato was like, well, what? There was a plan probably to have Evil turn on Naito at some point. But I feel like they had to rush it because there's no juice for the Bullet Club right now. There's no Jay White. There's no G.O.D. 
Like, we haven't seen Kenta. No bad luck Fale. There's nobody. They have, The Bullet Club is nothing. Except for Ishimori. And Ishimori's a junior heavyweight, but he's buff as shit. He could be a heavyweight. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... No, he's too small. Like, he's still short. He's tiny, though. but he's... The dude is <laughs> super buff. It's weird. But, yeah. um... It's like a weird buff. But... So, I feel like Gato was like, alright, cool, we're gonna pull the trigger on this. But, the other issue with this is... This was like that, um... Roman Reigns residual. Or the Charlotte Flair residual. Where they had to protect Okada at all costs. And they couldn't have Okada lose again to Naito. Yeah. I, I think that's where this all really started. It was like, ah, we're going to do this final. We can't do Okada and Naito again. Naito already beat, beat him clean in the sheet. It'll hurt him because he's our, he's our top dog. He can't lose twice clean. So we're going to put Evil in this position. And we're going to run this angle because the Bullet Club needs members. And we're going to run this thing that we were going to do. And now Evil's in the Bullet Club with Dick Togo. And yeah. But no. This was, so it makes no sense for him winning the next night. It, it was just... It was bad. Like, this was bad. It was bad because this was another... Like, I think we say this every week. Read the room. We've been waiting for Naito to get this title, and he finally got it. And even in his crowning moment, he got jumped by uh, by Kenta. And But then he still beats Kenta, and then he drops the title, both titles immediately. It hasn't even been... It's been seven months, and you can't even say seven months because for four months, nothing was happening. So Naito's now dropped the titles to his formal stablemate and just kind of rolls out the ring. And then Takahashi has all the fire that Naito didn't have when he calls out evil. Takahashi runs down, makes a save, is yelling, being crazy Takahashi, and he challenges evil. And I'm like, well, why didn't Naito act like that? Like, he's the one who got beat up and lost his goddamn titles. This was, this was booking hell. This was one of those things where it was a byproduct of the, the quarantine, I mean... The uh, coronavirus, like why this happened, but this was just the wrong decision to make. They could have found another way to do this. They really could have. This was bad. The disrespect for Naito. Like there's, if you don't have a deep roster right now, because of coronavirus, because of travel restrictions, why not keep the belt on a guy, crack the claw, you're trying to establish as a main guy, it took him seven years to get here. He dropped the belt in what amounts to three months. Yeah. The makes no sense. The only thing that could be remotely defensible, and it's not. This was bad booking. This is like WWE bad. This was bad. It's like Jack Swagger winning the title. <laughs> yeah. Bad. This is like yeah, this someone was- said. Someone was like, "Yo, this is the equivalent of Otis cashing money in the bank and winning." Yeah, like this, and then, then the response to that was, "No, this is like Tucker cashing in and winning." And I was like, "Fuck!" Because Sonata was the guy supposed to get pushed. Yeah, yeah. So this was Sonata. I agree. Evil. Yeah, it's. I don't know, man. Like, Evil's a good wrestler, and he's had some really good matches, but I can't see him as a leader of anything. And and it, it, there was like really no build. That's the other thing, because it's like he turned on him two nights ago, and we rolled right into the title match. And he just takes the title off of him. So the only the only excuse that I could give them is if they were to have Knights to go like all stone cold and shit and the better better at the chase. But even yeah. then, because the G one client well shit, G one's been pushed back. But even then, you're looking at this like, well, goddamn, you might as well just I mean he's the double champ. 
Like, he made history and dropped the belts immediately, which means he's a blip on the radar. And I've seen people, like, they wouldn't treat him like that in WWE. Yeah, they would. That That's neither here nor there. It's that Gato just made a terrible booking decision with Naito. Like, this was bad. And why I, keep, why I brought up the match itself that, that has me curious is, like, if there are lingering injuries with Naito, and, like, then they waited too long to pull the trigger. Because maybe he can't be what he once was. Like, he was hot for a couple years. So hot. And it's I like, mean, I, he got the title, and now it's like, obviously, coronavirus throwing monkey wrench and everything, but man, they could have found a better way to do this. Even in the Bullet Club, like, look, I know you, they want to keep the Bullet Club alive, but this is going to be really strange once travel restrictions are lifted, and then Jay White comes back, and Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa come back, Bad Luck Fale comes back. And they're like, and now they look like the NWO with like when they had goddamn Buff Bagwell and Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> yeah, that's too that's too much. I don't know, man. I, Gato's painted himself into a corner, and, and I have to see how he gets himself out of this shit because this was not good. Because we're so used to them booking and making sense of things a year down the road, two years down the road, right? This is the first time I think I can see them book for the moment. Yeah, and just say we need something now, and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see. I I don't see how this plays out in the benefit of anyone, even evil, right? Like Jay White winning the title, I didn't like that very much either. But I got it, and it panned out. I don't think evil is that guy. No. I mean, I, I don't, I again, I don't know how they can make this work. Because eventually the travel restriction is going to end and Osprey is going to be back. Like, all the talent is eventually going to come back. And they're going to come back to this shit. Which is, like, confusing. Yeah, the, the roster is depleted, but this was not the move to make. Now, as for the rest of the show, like I said, Shingo and Show? Oh, my God. Those two had a hell of a match. Yeah, I think... You know, like, a lot of great things in pro wrestling happen by accident, and now that Yo is hurt for a year, they're going to have to drop those junior heavyweight titles. But if you look at Show, he no longer really looks like a junior heavyweight anyway. Like, he's getting bigger, and he looks like he's going to be a heavyweight. And him and Shingo tearing the house down, and, and I said it before, as soon as I saw Show before Yo got hurt, I was like, they're about to push him on a singles run. The haircut, the look, like, he looks like he's ready for a singles run. That match was great, like, they are grooming certain talent that I'm looking at. I'm like, this is good, but the, it sucks because the top of the car now stinks. I can't figure this one out. Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi winning the tag titles. I was surprised. But I f- also feel like they need somebody to go after Evil as well. So maybe Kota Ibushi is going to make that run. And they had to get the title off of them as a team. I just, coronavirus just messed this whole thing up. I just Evil turning and there's no like the mat like if the match was good maybe i could say our mate nah probably not but there was no heat because the match wasn't good even when togo ran in with the bushi gear on and in like it, it was so belabored and long until he you know he attacked naito and tried to choke him out i was like what the fuck is going on this match is not good jado's long walk to the ring and Ishimori coming out there and, and hitting Naito. It took like it like took him a month to get to the ring. I mean, and we always got a problem with referees in New Japan. Red, Red Shoes, just, he just didn't know what the fuck was going on. 
Always. They're just always just oblivious to the rules. He just, like, dude, what? And I love Red Shoes. I think he's great as a referee. He's fun to watch. But, man, it's like the liberal use of the rules in tag matches in, like, this particular match. I was like, God damn. So, yeah, Dominion was a good, solid show. Two matches were really good that stuck out to me that I just mentioned. But that main event, like, this is what we're going into the summer with? Oof. Not good. No, at a time when your roster is limited, to me, you're only as good as your top guy. Your your champion carries you through these moments, and this isn't the guy I would have picked for that. That's the, you had the guy for that. Well, that that's the other thing. They have no heels. They have no hot top heels, and that was the guy that they decided to elevate. So weird. Because look, yes, Tanahashi, babyface. Ibushi, babyface. Okada, babyface. Naito, he's a babyface. But then you look at the heels. Minoru Suzuki seems like he has coronavirus, so he's going to be out. And he's old, yeah. so hopefully he pulls through. Uh, like, El Desperado is the next person that's going to be challenging um, Shingo for the Never title. It's like El Desperado. But he's good. Like, he's had a good run for the past year. But then you start thinking about it. Like, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi are now the tag champions. Well, who's the next heel? They had nobody. No, no one. I mean, shit, nah, not. They literally unless. have no top. Like, this, like, they, I, this hit them at the wrong time because they have no heels. No top heels. Well, a lot of their heels have always been predicated on being the gaijin, right? Like, usually the heels, the top guys, a lot of the time, are foreigners. And then you had a guy like Naito who was a heel, and, but as soon as he won it, the reaction was so different because you made him earn it so much. Yeah. That it pushed him into being a babyface. They, so, yeah. They had, like, dog, they literally have no heels. No top heels. They have heels. Like, Tai Chi's a heel, and Desperado's a heel, and Suzuki Goon is a stable. That's a heel stable. But all the babyfaces are chaos. Bullet Club, you look at them as a heel fact. It's hard. Like, you look at Bullet Club before all this happened, who's their top guy? Ishimori? Yeah, at this point, no gorillas of destiny. No. Like this, okay, strangely <laughs> enough, this would be the perfect time for Tamatanga to have a to have a push. This would have been the perfect time. Perfect for to push him as a singles guy. They do the same angle with Tonga. Great, great. Jay White could have pulled this off again. Great. Yeah, but evil and like the whole turn on Lij. It's like I would have took Sonata. Yeah, I could accept it, but again, the thing is, it's like they shoehorn this into having to have a, a top heel running Bullet Club during all this. And even if it was Sonata, I wouldn't have wanted Sonata in Bullet Club. Like, I don't want anybody. Like, Bullet Club is a Gaijin faction. That's what it was built upon. Yep. And there are no Gaijin there now. They're all Japanese wrestlers. They should have just cooled down Bullet Club. Yeah, they should. Yes, exactly. But they sell so much merchandise, they thought, well, this is it. That wasn't it. But that's a WWE-like decision. Yeah. When you make decisions based on merch. Dude, because Bullet Club is still popular. But even again, even if it was Sonata, Sonata might have been a better choice. But I just would have preferred Sonata turn heel or Evil just turn heel. The Bullet Club affiliation doesn't give him a boost. And now, like again, they got Dick Togo back. Dick Togo's 50. It'll be fun to watch him and Ishii go at it, but 
Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know where this is heading. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know either. There's no good way. Like, does Jay White come back when restrictions are lifted and then now there's an inner turmoil in Bullet Club? Yeah. They've done this before. They did it with Cody and Kenny in the Bullet oh, Club. Oh, yeah, I guess so. So they could do it. Briefly. Briefly. But again, two foreigners. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is... This is going to be extremely complicated to make sense out of because they are in a tough spot. Like I said, Yo is out for a year. Somebody else is hurt for a year. I can't remember who. So, like, they have to push forward with shows, but they need to establish stars or top heels or top guys. Like, and babyface, they're loaded on babyfaces. Loaded. No top heels. And, again, with Suzuki being out, you don't even have him to rely on. Yeah, maybe Naito goes back and uses this as ammo and fuel to be more heelish again. Yeah, it's just he didn't need to drop the titles to no. Evil in the Bullet Club in a whack match. If you talk about like someone earning a title shot or having momentum, Evil had none of that outside of this tournament. No, it just happened. I was shocked every time he advanced. Yeah. Oh, well. So, yeah, crazy. Um, let's touch on... Slammiversary and leave the back half to be like a normal back half where we talk AEW, NXT, and main roster. So let's hit up Slammiversary before we take our break. We haven't talked much impact, if any at all, but, you know, we've given kudos about the little stuff we've seen, but I'm very interested in Slammiversary. It seems like the build is good. They've used their time during this pandemic to build stars and build well. We'll see how stuff goes with Tessa being gone. Um, I mean, she had to vacate the belt. They stripped her the belt. Moose has been running around with the TNA championship, which is hilarious. But still, Moose is in, like, a weird spot to me. They always keep Moose in a weird spot to me. So, we'll, we'll see what plays out with Moose. But this, I'm interested in because of the people who may or may not debut. Yeah. A lot of rumored WWE names. Unfortunately, there was a report today that uh, Rusev has come down with COVID. So Rusev battling the Rona. Hopefully he pulls through. Um, I feel bad for Lana. Like three people in her family have it. Her mother, Rusev, I believe her father was reported at one point. So hopefully everyone pulls through there. But that kind of takes Rusev off of the table. They might get some people they've had before back. So who know? maybe EC3. Maybe uh, Eric Young. There, there's people out there. The Good Brothers have been rumored to be going there. And that's cool because that might open up stuff for New Japan if those reports are correct. So I'm interested to see who shows up as much as I'm interested in seeing the matches. Yeah, Impact is in this a strange predicament. And I think we talked about this maybe a couple weeks ago. The whole Tessa thing was supposed to be this huge moment in pro wrestling. And then, you know, she just got the rampant use of the N-word, and they had, like, cool, the whole idea got cooled off. Now you're heading into Slammiversary amidst this pandemic. But the pandemic didn't, isn't the problem with Impact. It's people being creeps. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That, that's ruined, like, Elgin is gone. Michael Elgin has gone. Uh, Sammy Callahan anywhere near this card? Yes, he is. He's on the lower half yeah. of the card. But yeah. now Tessa's gone. And it's like you have to retool everything because now you have the main event with Ace Austin, Eddie Edwards, uh, Trey Miguel, and who's this mystery opponent? And 
Well, that's a good spot to bring someone in. It's a good spot, but the, the next thing is, like, they say the Gallows and Anderson have signed with Impact and they're able to go to New Japan once the board is open. Which, this yeah. is going to be really interesting because, like, they go back to New Japan and they're like, they, they're all going to look at the Bullet Club and be like, what the fuck is this? Like, they're all, <laughs> like, what, what, what have I missed? <laughs> it's like Austin Power shit right here. It's completely different. But... If Gallows Anderson, you look at Eric Young, maybe Heath Slater. Uh, there's been so many teases. EC3. Heath Slater got kids. Wasn't he just on WWE? Yeah, and got kicked to the moon by Drew McIntyre. But yeah, yeah. Um, it looks looked like he got buff. Like he looked bigger too. Yo, he is swole. He put in work. Yeah, during quarantine. So he can work in the ring. But you look at all this yeah. talent that impact is teasing and it makes me wonder like well how many of them are here just for slammiversary versus how many are going to be here to work at impact and i don't know the answer to that yeah i know they pre-record like a month at a time right so it's not like they do like their four weekly shows every month um because i see chris bay talking about it when he goes for a recording who's also on this card so i mean it frees them up to move pretty freely not like you have a weekly television obligation. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm watching. I'm gonna watch this card because you mentioned it. Chris Bay versus William Max should be amazing. Like right off the rip, I look at that match and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be match of the night. There's no like, there's nothing else here that can that can beat this match. No wrestling with stereotypes alums. Yeah, yeah. Yo, we got a good. We have a good like roster on wrestling with stereotypes. You ever look at that shit sometimes? He'd be like, yo, we've had some good fucking wrestlers on with us. Yeah, we're not done. And we'll talk AEW in a second, but, like, Private Party was just prominently featured. Yeah. It's been a good run. We had Nyla Rose yeah. and a bunch of other people. But, like, looking at this card, yes, the Mac Bay match stands out. Um, again, I don't know. I have no idea who's going to win the Impact title. I'm leaning towards Eddie Edwards. But, I, dude, I'm absolutely clueless of how they – because I don't think they know. I think – I mean, now that it's recorded, I'm sure they know. But I feel like up to the match itself, they I don't think they had a clue what to do. I think you give it to the new guy. Do you? If if it's EC3, you give it to him out the gate. Eh, if it's EC3, I can see that. Like Yeah, like if it's EC3, you throw him right in there. If it's Heath Slater, probably not. Eric Young, I'm not popping for Eric Young. If it was a surprise guy, like you got a Rusev? Oh, Rusev would have been great. Yeah, I mean, so... I mean, it's pre-taped, so who knows? Yeah, so that match I'm, I'm interested in. The Jordan Grace-Deanna Perrazzo match. Like, damn, man. Deanna Perrazzo felt like... If, it, it always feel like WWE missed the bus on that one. But fortunately, she got out and was able to rehab herself, and now she's in a title match. Well, they missed it twice in NXT. <laughs> yeah, right. They had her, cut her, brought her back, missed it again. Um, no, she, she's good. I don't know if she brought anything different to their roster. Just, and that's why she's gone, which which is cool. Yeah, if you don't if you don't fit, just go. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's just sometimes it's just not a great fit. Like I don't think EC three was bad. I just think it wasn't a great fit at that time. Yeah, he got lost in the sauce, so now he goes. It's like, they they held on to him too long. Like I said, hoarding talent eventually you gotta let some of them go. Just let them go. I'm a peacock. Yeah, let let me fly. <laughs> exactly. So I. I think you mentioned the matches I'm looking forward to. I don't know much about this gauntlet match, women's gauntlet match. Um, I don't know how long that's going to go. 
Kara Hogan is someone I wanted to have on one of the podcasts eventually. And she was going to be on Wrestle with Stereotypes. On the, yeah, she was Her going Tasha to Steals. be on. Yeah. They, yeah, on the women's panel. Mm-hmm. That we were going to have. That is postponed. I refuse to say cancel. No, it's postponed. <laughs> but that gauntlet match so, is probably built for Taya to win. But we shall see. Not a bad way to go. And then, yeah, I don't know why Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan are a thing. But they're going for a tag championship. Yeah, the um, North ain't losing those I'm, titles anytime soon. So No, I think the North, and then we see uh, Good Brothers stare off at the end. And the other thing before we move on, I don't know much about like month-to-month impact booking. But booking Moose, like Randy Orton, Legend Killer's gimmick, for the past two years is a little much for me. Yeah. Like, he's just always facing old people. Yeah. Shamrock slowed him down. Now we got Tommy Dreamer. I think he wrestled an old guy before that. Like, come on. Yeah. I I don't know. Like, Moose had a a money gimmick about a year ago when he had the robes and the gear. And he was like this heel. And now he's entangled in these old folks matches, these retirement home matches. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. He's better than that. Yeah, he is. He is. But here we are. And, and, you know, the other side of Moose is, like, he hasn't made, like, a great account of himself on social media lately. And I don't know if it's being in character or just being a dick. I can't figure out which one it is. (laughs) But he complains a lot. Like, he takes the, the wrong side of a lot of arguments. And it's just like, what are you doing? All this promise. Like, Moose had a ton of promise. When he was in Ring of Honor... People thought he was going to go to WWE. He ends up in Impact. Um, you know, they put the title on him. And then, like, he has this great heel turn. And now it's just, I don't know. Moose. <laughs> That's it. Moose. <laughs> I, I don't know why I felt like doing the hand side with it, though. Moose. He was so over. We saw him WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. And then we chilled with him for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, he wrestled. One of those barroom joints where, like, Ricochet was wrestling and Keith Lee. That shit was stacked, by the way, now looking back, in Dallas. But Moose wrestled in the, the Moose hand sign over to the moon. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what happens at this pay-per-view. Uh, shout out to Justin Ivy in the group chat. We'll all be watching along with them. One of the few times we can probably say that. But uh, maybe they can make me a believer. Who knows? We'll see. Let's hit a quick break. When we come back, we'll break out. Break down the rest of pro wrestling, NXT, AEW, and the horror show. You guys stay right there. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. We'll get back to the show in one second. But first, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has future odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Just that quick, we are back and diving right back into pro wrestling. We have to start off with AEW. And Dre, before we get into the final night of Fighter Fest, Tony Khan took to Twitter 
and made sure people knew, listen, he is happy with the ratings. He is happy with how things are going. They were number seven in the Target demo. And that's what matters to him and most people in television. So he's happy he's celebrating. And he's not worried that they have lost to NXT, I believe, three straight weeks in the ratings. Overall. Because they're winning the Target demo. Are we seeing cracks in the foundation? Yeah. Why, why even do this? I don't even understand. Like, AEW's been winning for for several weeks. Multiple weeks. Months. Months. Yeah, months. <laughs> and the first sign that NXT has successfully counter-programmed you and won, ignore it. That I mean, publicly. Internally, you could be like, shit, we got to you know figure out what we got to do. Yep. Publicly, you don't have to address that. Because you are the underdog to begin with. No matter what, no matter how much the Khan family has, no matter the, the time slot, you're the underdog. So yep. when you're winning, win. Be quiet and win. When you lose, lose. Be quiet and lose. Just put on a better show. Between Khan and Jericho, like coming out and having to talk about like the demographic, like, listen, man. For like we, I say it all the time. And you say it as well. Like fuck the ratings. It doesn't matter. I just like both shows. Wednesday nights are the best nights of pro wrestling. Correct. But I have never seen such an emphasis on target demo before. Like while true that a like if, if we're gonna break down the nitty gritty for whatever reason, which is completely unnecessary, but we're gonna do it anyway. If you're gonna say that's the target demo and. WWE and NXT beat you in an older demographic is because WWE is a legacy brand and older people are going to stick with what they know, right? They're not going to go to the new shiny thing. doesn't always happen. Mind you, they, they also beat them in a demographic that does not show in TV ratings because these people do not own televisions, but they beat them in the young demographic, 5 through 13, because that's why WWE is still a PG product. So if you want to include those people... I'd say it's pretty damn near even. But they don't consider those people because they don't push advertising dollars necessarily towards them, which is false. Because in pro wrestling, kids make parents buy shit. Yeah, but either way, it's like, okay, you guys lost for a couple weeks. So the fuck what? Yeah, eat that. It's cool. It happens. Just keep putting on a good show. Don't look like you're desperate and you need, like, to pr- you don't have to prove anything to anybody. In that, in that sense, because we don't care. I don't care. Nope. Like, their fan base doesn't yeah, care. Dog, I didn't care. Your, your fan base is a bunch of hardcores. But fuck do they care about ratings? Like, I didn't care when AEW was winning. I didn't care. I was like, okay, good. Which one do I like better? Because I don't base anything yeah. on what people are watching. Like, I didn't watch Empire because everybody was watching that shit. I didn't watch it. It was a bad <laughs> TV show. So it's like, if I'm watching pro wrestling on Wednesday nights and I watch them both... As long as one isn't getting slammed, like, it's not a million viewers to, like, 100,000, everything's fine. Like, this, we're splitting hairs here. It's a couple, what, 10, 20,000 people? 30,000 yeah. people? Yeah. One way or the other, it's usually, like, 20,000. Who gives a shit? Like, this is dumb. I, I hated that, that he did this. I hated that Tony Khan did it. It was yeah. completely unnecessary. And for someone who's been at news stations for the past couple of years, the reason why you keep hearing more about Target demos is because less and less people are watching television in general. So these networks now believe the way to gauge success is to attack that demo and keep them from longer. 
before it was just overall because everyone was going to watch TV. It was a given. You never had to try to keep someone. Now it's can we target this demo and compete with those watching stuff online, streaming, and digitally and take them from that and plug them into the television demo? Which is why that demo matters more than everything else because that means you can steal from the YouTubes, from the Instagrams, from the Facebooks, and everything else. It means that you're keeping more people away from that than anyone else. Which is what advertisers want to see. Because if not, advertisers are just going to take their money to those mediums. So if they say, you can keep people away from that, I will give you money. That's why that target demo matters. Yeah, well, FYI. have those... Just inside, inside TV talk. But... Yeah, I mean, it, it means money. So cool. That means they're making money. Are they making that much more money than NXT? <laughs> right? Like, it's 20,000 people. It doesn't It doesn't matter. Like, I think I mentioned this maybe a week or so ago when I was talking about, like, BET and the problem with BET and how BET continues to neglect the audience that still has cable, which is a crowd that's over 30. And I was like, it's, it's really easy. You have this library of content. Give me... Uh, Video Soul. I watch that shit. Give me Tigger in the Basement. I watch that shit because if I still have DirecTV or whatever it is, because like Hulu Live, which I have, doesn't have BT. Doesn't have any Viacom. Well, it has Nickelodeon. So those people aren't watching that stuff. But no. the target demo, like you're not catering to your demographic. So like with AEW, if you have the audience that you want, and your network is happy with the numbers that you're pulling in. Why are you trying to clarify on social media the difference between a few 10,000 viewers? Nope. Nobody gives a shit until you make them give a shit. And that's what Tony Khan did. Now, like, the WWE fanboys... Now people are going to be paying yeah, paying close attention yeah. to those ratings. Dude, the fanboys on either side are going to come out and it's like, look, 15,000 in the, uh, the 12 to 8... Like, shut the fuck up, man. Just watch wrestling. Yep. It reminds me a lot of Kanye and 50 Cent. Oh god! Yeah, where that changed, not how the music industry viewed it, because they always like you know they were, were already looking at sound scan and billboard and all this shit, but it changed how fans started determining what was the success. What were your first week numbers? Ugh. First, yeah, like, and that's what they're going to do. They he put a spotlight on it, and sooner or later that takes away from your quality. Because if that's the measure you want to go by, WWE is going to kick you in the ass by saying we're double them. So our product is double them, which isn't true. Main roster-wise, not true. So it's a tough thing to key in on. Um, Let's go down the card real quick for the week. Kenny Omega and Adam Page kept the belts against Private Party. I thought it was one of Private Party's better matches. It was. Less clunky, but again, it's Omega. And Adam Page is still really good. Omega's still top three in the world. So I think this is going to shorten the learning curve for a private party. Shout out to Isaiah Cassidy, who just turned 23 like two days ago. That's crazy. Bananas. So they they are going to be here for a long time and be very good. But I think they're putting them in with these really good tag teams every week. Because it does. It shortens your learning curve. It, it helps, man. It helps you learn what you're doing. Like, you can't wrestle bums all the time. You have to put over talent. Like, And you got to make them look good. Private Party's been in there with some of the best tag teams in the world already. They'll only get better. This is a good match. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, we don't have new tag team champions. So, 
everything is still kind of in the mix. It seems like we're on to maybe a triple threat kind of thing with the Bucks. Who knows? AW has another branded show this week, which I forgot what show this is. Uh, it's Fight for the Fallen. Fight for the Fallen, another branded show, which is probably going to deliver the best match of the week, which is FTR versus the Lucha Bros. Yeah. That's going to be fucking nuts. That's going to be a good one. So, we'll, we'll see what comes out of that one. Um, then we had Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. Lance Archer doesn't do it for me. Like, he doesn't look scary. I get he's a heel. He's supposed to be a monster. He doesn't look scary. The hair is weird. The two braids and the beard is weird. And they do these close-up shots that make him look 70 years old. I, I don't like it. Um, I, I, I can't get behind him as their monster, monster heel. Like, no, I'm good. Well, what I can't get behind isn't that what they're trying to make him. It's how this match was booked. Like, Janela got in a ton of offense over a guy that you're oh, trying to put over as a monster. And Sonny. Yeah. For that matter. And as much as I like Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela, they should have got murdered in this match together. Mm-hmm. Like, they should have... Simultaneously. Yeah, they should have been... A, if that's what you're trying to push, if you're trying to push Lance Archer to be this monster heel, then make him a monster heel. So, I have no idea what they're doing with Lance. And I don't think Lance is... I think he's good. I don't think he's great. Um, like I said, I thought he would have been the first TNT champion, but obviously they didn't go in that direction. They put it on Cody. They're going to put somebody else over. But, yeah, this match was, was whatever. It wasn't yeah, horrible. That's exactly but, yeah, what it is. Whatever. Whatever. Um, match probably of the week. Butcher and Blade, Lucha Bros, FTR, Young Bucks. My goodness. It was only 16 minutes, but it was action-packed the entire time. Yo. This man. It was just spot after spot after spot after spot. And it, it was one of the best matches I've seen in quarantine. It was as advertised. And you know what? Butcher and the Blade can go. They needed that moment, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I still don't get the new gimmicks. But fuck it. They could go. So I thought it was really good. Great to have the Lucha Bros back. And I was genuinely shocked by the result. Because I thought the Butcher and the Blade were only here to pick up the pin. Dude, this was a great, a, a tremendously booked match. Because it, even in the end, when you thought the end was going to be, oh, it's obvious who's going to win. No. You had a great match in that, that uh, Destroyer to the outside that Ray Phoenix did. Oh, my God. <sighs> Ray Phoenix is just nuts. Just bananas. Like this, I love this match. I thought this match was great on all accounts. Everybody got their shit in. We got to see FTR's ring psychology. We got to see Lucha Bros do their thing. And Butcher and Blade got good time in the ring and did some great spots. Like, it wasn't a complete spot fest. There were stories being told. But, yo, obviously they're going to plant the seeds to get to the Young Bucks and FTR at some point. We just don't know when it is. It's going to happen. It's kind of like Sasha and Bailey. Like, we know it's going to happen. Just a matter of when. But this match was excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought it was really good. So... That was probably my match of the week. That was fun. Nyla Rose squash match. Yeah. Just cool. Give her a couple of these. Like, this is how you keep her afloat. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. It was two minutes. No sweat off my back. Um, Then, <laughs> can you please explain to me, Colt Cabana and Brody Lee being in a program, they pick up the win over SoCal Uncensored, and then Stu Grayson randomly pops up too, by the way. 
But I don't get it. What Brody Lee was in the title picture. And then you go to a program with Cole Cabana and no stakes. I feel like they built this ass backwards. They did. This should have been the first thing they did before the title match. Exactly. It's like The Fiend. Like you, I understand it's hot. But you put him in the title picture way too soon. And like you always say, there's only one way to go. This wasn't... So it makes this look less than. Like, the story itself is okay. Like, Cole Cabana's been this goofy guy. And, you know, they're trying to give him an edge and put him with the Dark Order. And we don't really know how this is going to play out. But, yeah, they worked this whole program backwards. The match was what it was. Um, Cole Cabana picks up the win. I just don't know where this is going. The th- interesting thing is, as I'm looking at the Dark Order, because Stu Grayson's a pretty damn good wrestler. And I, I don't know. they got to figure out. I don't know what they got to do with these guys to make them interesting. But they, 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 there's some talent there. It's just not being utilized properly. And I don't know how we get there. And I don't know if Cole Cabana is going to be the one to, like, oh, shit, Dark Order's coming. So I don't know. I don't know. This match was what it was. It was another match that was cool. But, yeah, it was trying to service a story, but I didn't care about the story. Okay, yeah, me either. Like, I I would, was not asking for those two to be in a program together. Coca Ben in the year 2020 is just mind-boggling. But, DH is on. Um, main event, Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. I liked it a lot. Orange Cassidy, I think, is great. Chris is a perfect person to put him over. I feel like it has another gear, though, and that you might be blowing it off. Yeah, I don't know how this song's going to end. I like this match, too. I think, you know, it was, wi- it was wise to have Jericho go over. You didn't need Orange to win. It, like, no. you had to have the old veteran outsmart the young whippersnapper, and that was the way that this was handled. So that was well done. But, I, yeah, I think this still has some legs on it, so hopefully they're not done with it like they've been done with Fuse that feel like they start to bubble and they disappear, which is like everything that Moxley does. Oh, um. <laughs> exactly. That's what I hope. I hope it doesn't just end here because I really liked it. But I feel like there is there's more. There's definitely more. There is more juice for the squeeze here. They just gotta, just gotta do it. And I don't know if they're gonna do it. We'll see. But it was a good match. I I, I like the match. And that dude, Orange Cassidy has one hell of a Superman punch. I don't know why that shit looks so clean, but it does. Way better than Roman's. No, not to disrespect Roman. It just, it's just something different when it comes from a guy that size, and he moves so fast. Yeah, yeah. The burst of energy is what makes it look so great. I think, cause he's he's figured that out. He's like, yo, I'm this agile, kind of flying type of wrestler, but I can make it feel so much more special because I'm slowing myself down at other times. So it gives him like that weird superhero quality. Yeah, I've also been watching a lot of My Hero Academia, <laughs> so I mean that's that's also fresh in my mind. But Arch Cassidy has that feel to me. Um, next, we talk about NXT Great American Bash Night Two. I have to pull it up. Um, I believe it kicked off with Candice the, LeRae. There you go. Which I thought was a really good match. It was fine. It was weird because it was like... I liked the ending a lot, too. I liked the ending. It was a weird match because it was like to counter-program the second night of Great American Bash because clearly they didn't have plans for the second night, and they were like, oh, shit, let's slap some things together to counter uh, Fighter Fest. And they put this yeah. match on, 
And I'm like, well, this is a good match. It could have used a proper build, or at least a tease from last week to tell us that this match was happening. It was a street fight. I think it was teased last was week. Was it? I don't remember it being teased. Yeah, they, they fought in the back last week. But they didn't announce the match, though, until this week. Oh, okay. No, yeah, like, um, they announced it the day after on social media. But uh, it was the same time Johnny slapped Isaiah Scott. Oh, yeah. Swerve. Yeah. So they did a, they did a whole tease just removing Keith Lee from the picture. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I thought the match was good. And it, I mean, it puts an end to their feud. I don't know what that means, though, for either of them. I don't know where everybody's going. And that's not a bad thing. I just I just don't know. Because Tegan Knox is obviously yeah. getting the next title shot. And then I feel like, well, then what? I don't know. Well, what her title shot's this week. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like it's a pay-per-view type. But is it, so, is it a program? I don't think so. Me either. I think it's a title shot and then she moves on. But it's like, because if this happens and these feuds are all blown, then nobody's in a feud. And it's kind of like a reset button. Yeah, I mean, it's the midway point. So now they build towards SummerSlam weekend. So maybe Candice LeRae, off of a win, comes out and starts antagonizing the champ, Io Shirai. Yeah, I just wanted to win some more matches. So you got to start somewhere. I know. And starting with a street fight uh, with that finisher was probably a good good starting point. And then we had Bronson Reed versus Tony Nese. Yeah, okay. I can go without that. I th- I tuned out. I was watching AEW at that point. And then Johnny Gargano versus Swerve. I like this match. I, I think this is good. Swerve didn't have to win. But it's a good way to start prying him away from the cruiserweight division. I thought this match was okay. I thought this match had another gear that it didn't get to. And okay. there is an issue that I'm starting to see with Swerve. I can't figure out who he is. Like, I watch him wrestle, and I know he can wrestle, but I can't figure out the character. Like, I, I watch him, and I like see him cut his promos, and I'm like, is he the cool guy? Is what Like, what is he? There's something missing. It's crazy, because to me, him and Chris Bay have the same character. But Chris, in a month at Impact, has been, a month and a half, has been able to translate that to television immediately. And you know that he's the cocky, cool asshole. Swerve has not. No, it is, it's so weird because I'm like, you want to root for him. You're like, damn. But I don't have any, like, there's nothing to sink my teeth into. When I'm watching Swerve, I'm like, well, what am I watching? I don't know what yeah. he is. He's a guy who has to probably turn heel to really get the character over and then earn his way back to a baby. Like, because I remember, like, I've watched him in the Indies. I remember his kill shot in uh, Lucha Underground. And when he had the mask on, he was great. It was like, it's a, it was <laughs> him and Ricochet. He had to wear a mask, and it worked. Yep. But here, like, I'm watching this match, and I can't figure out, like, what he is. And the match was fine, and I'm like, this is a much better match in here. But there, there is no character to swear. Right now, I'm watching a black creator wrestler do some really cool shit. But I have no attachment to it. Yeah. Uh, so they got to figure something out because Swerve's too good to not do anything. And I don't know if this is Swerve's fault. Can't figure that out either. No, he needs more TV time to tell those stories. Yeah. But even, but even and, when he's on TV, I'm not like thoroughly impressed with his promos. I'm just like, all right, he's here. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what to do with that. He gotta, I, I don't think he should play the underdog role. And if this is setting up to be that underdog role, I don't like that. I think he's cocky. Um, that's who he should be. Like that's that should be the character. So 
we'll see where they go with that. Um, oh, then we have the Legado del Fantasma. I like them as a, I, I was so unsure. That, I like yeah, them a lot as a tag team. I was so I unsure. <laughs> but I was like watching this match, and it was like, yeah, Drake Maverick, they kept him away from Fantasma for, well, they kept him away for a while, and then they finally got into it, and, you know, with Rizango. It's like, cool, but just watching the faction work together, I was like, oh, this works. Yeah. They have to find a way to make Wild Mendoza a legit tag team and not just part of the Cruiserweight scene. Right. That's the only thing. And they don't got to do this today. But sooner or later, with how the NXT tag team picture is, it makes no sense to not have these guys in it. Just because the leader of the faction is a Cruiserweight. Yeah. They are still tag team. They should be in the mix in the tag team scene as well when they grow into the role. So I like that. I thought that was a cool match. Mercedes Martinez squashes and Teddy Garrett. All right, I don't know where Martinez fits. Maybe that's an Io Shirai feud. Just waiting to happen just because it'll get a really good match out of Shirai sometime down the road. Yeah, maybe. I don't care yet. Yeah, I don't, I don't care yet either. Um, main event, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole. Spoiler alert, Adam Cole loses. Keith Lee is a double champ. Let's start there. Cool. Talk about the actual match. I really like this, but for a very weird reason. We see these big guy, little guy matches all the time. And I thought it was going to play out how it always does. And the little guy is trying to take down the big guy. You got to work a limb. The little guy, regardless if you're heel or face, usually is the underdog. Trying to battle through some adversity, chop down the big guy. This wasn't that. This was the traditional heel versus face match told between a really big guy and a really small guy, but it had no play on or bearing on the storytelling. Because Adam Cole had most of the offense. Keith Lee had to prove himself, regardless how big he was. Cole was chopping his ass down, whooping him constantly, feeding him finishers. And it made Keith Lee seem bigger because he was taking all of that. And I like that dynamic between big guy, small guy, rather than always big guy has to chop down small guy, or excuse me, small guy chops down big guy, he overcomes the odds. Like, it didn't fit this narrative. I thought they played it really well for this narrative. Yeah, I mean, I like this match. I feel like they have a better match in them, and that's really? that's actually a compliment. I don't think that, like, I feel like, this was a really good match. And I feel like if it was like a takeover, it would be even better. This was not the, either of their best matches, but it was still really good. This match goes off if it has fans. Well, I think it, it's like, booked differently, too. Crazy. But but like I'm saying, this is a compliment because Keith Lee and Adam Cole are really good. And they, they managed to have a really good match. And I feel like there's still another level to how good a match with them could be. Which... Kind of is how I feel about Keith Lee overall right now. And this, again, his his ceiling is higher than most. His floor is also higher than most. But I still I feel like right now I'm seeing him closer to his floor than his ceiling. And the, this, some people are going to look at this and say this is saying that he's not doing well. No, he is. But I feel like there's even more to it. Like the Gargano match, I felt like there could have been more to it. This Cole match, there could have been more to it, but it was still good. Like, this match was still really good. I hope 
my con- it's not even a concern. I hope the league gets a lengthy run to give us a takeover style match that we're used to for the title so he can show people that not that he's just really good with a ton of potential, that he could be one of the best in the world. Yeah. I mean, he's done five-star matches before. That's what I'm saying. PWG. But people haven't seen He that. has one in him. But pe- that, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. When I watch him with Cole, I'm like, oh, you guys. Yeah. Like, when you watch, when people watch the Dijakovic match, they're like, oh, this is really good. I was like, nah, you didn't see the PWG matches with Walter. Like, yeah. you haven't seen Keith Lee, like, go, go. Like, you haven't seen it. Yeah. You've seen what's better than what you've seen out of a lot of other wrestlers, but the ceiling's higher. I have one oh. complaint about this match. One. Hmm. That it happened... On TV, at a regular ass NXT. It wasn't a regular ass. NXT. This is a re- I don't give a. This is a regular ass NXT. Listen, I'm just telling you what it's it is. a regular ass NXT with a name on it, dude. Fighter Fest is a regular Dynamite show with a name on it. You can't tell me that it I, feels I like I'm watching a pay. This was not like a takeover quality show. No. No, no. It didn't have that big takeover night. Yes, feel, with or without fans. Yeah, so that that's my only complaint. I love seeing Keith Lee get the celebration. The, I loved all of that. I just wish this would have been at SummerSlam weekend. And I feel like I love I, I love the tease at the end too. Carrying Cross just looking down from the rafters. Yeah, while the celebration is going like over the shoulder. But see, perfect. This this is what I didn't like. Because as much as like Karrion Cross, Keith Lee just got the title. Oh, he's gonna drop one of them. Yeah, you can only be champ, champ for so long. But I can't like. He's dropping North American before. Well, we got to make sense out of this, okay? So like, why would Karrion Cross go after the North American and not the NXT title? No, it now becomes what Keith Lee allows him to challenge for. See, I don't know about that. Keith Lee saying you haven't been here long enough. You think they're really gonna say that? You know that shit ain't... This is NXT. This is WWE programming. That shit ain't gonna happen. He's just gonna challenge him. I... Like, my point... What I'm saying is... I don't wanna see Keith Lee eat a pinfall so soon. He's just winning the title. I don't want him to lose a match this quick. And Karrion Cross can't lose this quick. You see what I'm saying? No. Yeah, the only way to pull it off is 50-50 booking with Cross beating him for the... North American, and then Keith Lee coming back after and somehow, you know, fighting back to actually give Karrion Cross his first pin and win and retain his main title. Or you just keep them apart for a while. I mean, at this point, they've they've jumped the ship. Yeah. Unless, unless he wasn't stalking Keith Lee at all, and he is in fact stalking Adam Cole. I don't know. Whatever. Because Adam Cole. Gave Keith Lee the dap and a hug afterwards. I think Cole might be going on a babyface run if he doesn't go up. Yeah, I, dude, I feel like Undisputed Era's time is up. It's over. I think this was it. There's nothing left for him to do. As a faction. So you think they move up? Yeah. I feel like as a faction, they're done. Like, what else is there for them to yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, not on top, I think they can just chill for a second. I don't think they'll go I don't think you, immediately. I, think I don't think you bring them up until you have a crowd. I mean... See, I don't know how long you can wait because we really don't know when we're going to have a crowd. Then you let them chill. But yeah, I, I don't think that they show up on SmackDown like Friday. I feel like it should happen around SummerSlam maybe if this is what you're going to do. Because honestly, I'm looking at this. Unfortunately, I feel like they still left a feud on the table with Balor and Cole. I feel like they, they just left that one on the table. Agreed. But 
whatever. Cole's run was amazing. Undisputed Era's run was amazing. There's really nothing else for them to do. They've all been losing all their feuds. And now that Cole's dropped the title, there's nothing left for them. So they gotta go. If they go to Raw, that'd be disappointing. <laughs> I need them to go to SmackDown. At this point, they're both run at this, with the same person. But yeah, SmackDown has, I guess, a different perception. Yeah, I mean, SmackDown should, needs to be a wrestling show. It's it does. dog. Every week, I try to figure out which show is worse, which will lead us, us into Extreme Rules, the horror show. I watch Raw and I'm like, oh, this is bad. And then I watch AEW and I watch NXT. I was like, oh, my spirits are back up. Then I watch SmackDown. I'm like, fuck. SmackDown's the worst show on television right now. Dog, it was so bad this week. The character- Raw is cool because Drew Mack does his thing. Yeah. You have... Randy Orton's um, doing good promos. Like- Randy Orton's doing well. Then you have uh, Kevin Owens coming back. Apollo Crews. I like... As the US champ. Yeah, Apollo Crews. MJF. Yeah. Or, excuse me, MVP and all that. Bobby Lashley's still there. Raw's not bad. If they just fix the dumbass tag division... They'd be cool. Raw's not horrible. It's long as fuck. No, it's, it's dude. It's, it's not bad. It's not horrible. It's like they changed positions. Because there was a time when Raw Quick was, flop. was really bad. And now it's not. Yep. It's watchable. You're as good as your top guy. <laughs> you, you know what's funny? Seth Rollins is great on Raw. There's a lot of good shit going on. There's a lot of good shit and there's a lot of weird shit, which we'll talk about with the horror show. But the the, the weird thing is, I can't figure out who's on what show occasionally. Like, Bailey showing up with the, the SmackDown title, like, every week on Raw. I know that they're the tag champions, right? And I know they're allowed to be on both shows. But it's so weird. But Bailey and Sasha, the women. They're the best thing in the company. The women are the best. Yes. Bailey, Sasha, and uh, Asuka. And with Kyrie saying yeah. coming back, like just watching them, it's entertaining. And I was not sold on it. If you guys listen to the show, I was not sold on this Bailey Hill shit. And I thought it was almost time to give it up. But pairing her with Sasha was the best possible thing to do. And hopefully, yeah. like, it's to the point now that if <laughs> Bailey and Sasha are going to turn on each other, save that shit for WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. It's going to sound stupid. And it's might piss you off because horsewomen rule all I wouldn't mind Sasha beating Asuka this week yeah it'll piss me off I, w- I wouldn't mind it <laughs> and her having the Raw Championship Bailey having the Smackdown and them having the tag titles cause they are the best thing in the company those two and, okay I'm not ignoring the fact that Bailey is pretty much just female Chris Jericho Right? Like, she's doing stupid idiots. Like, she's Chris Jericho right now. Like, that's cool, though. That's She's running with it. It works for her. Sasha's being Sasha. They've fallen into a groove. But there's a reason why they're on every show. Not just the main roster one. They're on NXT tearing shit down. They got beef everywhere. And carrying shows everywhere. There's something special there. So give them the belts. Yeah. And I don't mind Asuka chasing again. Yeah. I don't want that. But, see, what I want, and we can start talking about the, uh, the upcoming pay-per-view. Quarter show. What I want is for Oscar to retain, and then, which is, this is not going to happen, guys, but, hey, remember Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler? Oh, shit. Like, those are people that Oscar could wrestle. Yep. Like, I, I don't need, like, if Sasha has a title, and, and Bailey has a title, now they're going to be at both, you're burning the candle at both ends, again. Just like you did with Charlotte. Like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to. You have Bianca Belair. 
you have Shayna Baszler, and I, they've just completely given up on her. Like, what was the point of her running roughshod over Elimination Chamber? And she's done nothing. Has she even won a match on TV since? I'm not sure she's been on TV since Mania. Like, Ruby Riot eats pinfalls every week. Why? I don't know. She's still so good, though. I don't know why she... Unless you're building her up for, like, a cool underdog run, I don't get it. They're not. They're not cool enough to well, do that. Well, like, what were they doing with Liv Morgan, and what happened to that? They have a karaoke contest oh <laughs> on SmackDown. So the women's division isn't the best thing on Raw and SmackDown. No, you're right. Bailey and Sasha and Asuka are the best things on Raw and SmackDown. That karaoke, the oh, div- Lord. Oh, it is bad. And then they had a good thing with, uh, with Mandy. That feels like it's uh, over. Mandy Rose. Yeah, I did. what happened to Dude, them? what did I tell you was going to happen they, with Otis? They had some good traction. What did I tell you was going to happen with Otis? Oh, Otis has disappeared. What did I tell you, though? Vince runs that shit into the ground and he gets tired of it. He's like, all right, cool, I'm done. But now this guy has a briefcase. Yeah, now what? I told you. I told you this shit was going to happen with Otis. There's the Eugene thing all over again. You burn it, and then Vince is like, I'm tired of this shit. Move on. Seth Rollins would have been so much better with that briefcase. Anybody. Kevin Owens. Anyway, let's talk about this damn this uh, horror so we can get the hell out of here. All right. So, Apollo Crews versus MVP. U.S. Championship match. Old belt versus new belt. I think Apollo Crews wins, setting him and Lashley up for a bigger feud at SummerSlam, and Apollo Crews gets to carry around the new belt, which I think is really cool. I'm not sold on the new belt, but... The dipset belt. <laughs> it's dope. But, uh, I love that everyone's calling it that. Yeah, but I think, yeah, Crews should win here. Uh, hopefully MVP can show that he still has it, and hopefully that leads to him having more work, because uh, he's a great manager. Like, MVP's just really good. He is. Period. He's just really good, so hopefully these guys have a great match, and Apollo gets that shine, and he gets that rub, and he enters a few with Lashley. It's like an all-black thing. I mean, to be honest, I wanted to bring back the beatdown click, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So we shall see. I mean, it's not, it's not too late for Cruz to join them <laughs> and swerve everyone. Um, and then bring the tag team with them, too. Fuck it. All the black people on Raw. We're all in here together. And then <laughs> the next match, Rey Mysterio, Seth Rollins, eye for an eye. What the fuck is this? They're... Rumors of this being another cinematic match with like CGI and an actual removal of an eye. I hope that's just rumors. I don't know. Seth Rollins has to win. What the fuck is Rey Mysterio winning for? Because he could lose an eye. He has a match. He's getting his ass beat. They probably will have Mysterio win. Seth doesn't really need it. Seth got to wear an eye patch? Like Dean? See, that's where the problem becomes like, well, what? Like, after this ends, then what? Somebody's missing Rey Mysterio just has. Yeah, he just has this fucking mask like Spider-Man. With the, he already got one eye blacked out. Just blacked the other eye out on the mask. Seth would have to run around like a pirate. This is a dumbass mask. Like, when I saw the stipulation, I was like, this is so stupid. You're ruining something that could be really good. I don't need this to be yeah. all cartoony and shit. Where's Austin Theory, by the way? It's a good question. I, I mean, you just don't know where the hell people are with the Rona. Well, get, tell me something. Like, when I see Wesley Blake show up, and I see Seth Rollins, and I'm like, all right, there's a third one. And then commentary says nothing. I'm like, damn, just say, is he hurt? Is he at home? Did he miss his flight? So say, say something. Because Austin Theory got sh- hot shot into the main roster, and he's been in two stables already. Yeah. They got to figure that out with him. Because the kid's. I mean, the kid's 21. You got plenty of time to reset. Yeah, you, can, you, have, I mean, you don't have that much time to ruin him. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's also true. That's not much. I can't. No, not at all. Um, Strowman versus Wyatt's Swamp Fight. So Strowman's winning this Swamp Yeah. Fight. Oh, my God. It's not title. Maybe it'll just be a non-finish. No. Cedar really didn't have, like, a real... F- I mean... No. no. Yeah. This, this is- Braun will win this Swamp Fight, and then we know where we're getting at some I need somebody to tell me who was in the room and was like, Hey, Vince, you know what we should call this? The Horror Show. And nobody was like, Motherfucker, it ain't Halloween. Why is this the horror show? Yeah. There's no reason for this that to be called the horror show. None. Maybe maybe because someone's getting the eye removed. There's a creepy. But they just added all this stuff. It feels like because that's how the WWE works. They brand these pay per views and then they shoehorn matches into the pay per view. So they're like, oh, we got a horror show with this swamp fight, and they was like, well, how about Ray and Seth have an eye for an eye match? Like, yeah, like this is dumb. Can't this just be extreme rules? Because isn't isn't extreme rules enough? You would think. <laughs> you, you would think. Um, Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Delaying the inevitable here. We know Bailey's going over. Yeah, like, good job by Nikki, though. I like to see Nikki on TV. So, whatever. Keep collecting the checks, Nikki. And then Asuka versus Sasha Banks. You already know my prediction. Yeah. Boss all day. I mean, I'm picking. Asuka. It might not happen, but I like the boss. I'm picking. Somebody got to lose a title at this It shit. feels like, well,. It feels like they're going to add a match based on what happened on SmackDown with uh, Nakamura and Cesaro on the New Day. The New Day feels like yeah. having wrestled on a pay-per-view since WrestleMania. I don't think so. And that, that'll, if it's added, it'll be pre-show. Yeah, but I feel like they're going to have to add that match because they put them through a table at the end. So I was like, oh, tables match. So, yeah. That makes sense. I didn't even think about it, but Extreme Rules, of course. Of course. Um, someone was having a chairs match, No. Did I not see a chair the other day? I don't know, unless... I don't know, I lost track of it. Um, fuck if I know. And then, main event, Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. I don't think this will be the main event, first of all. I think they're going to close with Wyatt and Strowman. Oh, okay. Well, other title. <laughs> but nobody cares about this match. No, it didn't have enough of a build. Just because Dolph shouldn't be in this position. But I think they're going to give a good match. There's no threat for Drew McIntyre to lose the belt because Dolph didn't work his way into it. Makes no sense for him to take the belt off. None. So we know the ending. Yeah, we know Drew's going to Claymore kick him and they'll move on to whatever feud is next, which I'm really trying to figure out who is next. It has to be Randy. Randy has to come out and RKO Drew out of nowhere. Wait, you got to start the beat. Are they doing, have they alluded to Randy doing anything on this show? With the, with the Big Show. Why is that happening? No, he's feuding with the Big Show. Why? Why is this happening? I, I don't know. I was like, what year is this? But that's why. They're just killing time on Weekly because he was so hot that you just keep on television until he attached her. Like, okay. As an aside, before we close this out, the disrespect that the men's tag team divisions are getting on both shows is absurd. Because... On SmackDown, though? Yeah, like, dude. Like I said, New Day hasn't defended those tag titles on a pay-per-view since WrestleMania. And Street Profits are not defending the titles here. They had that bullshit-ass match with the Viking Raiders at the last paper. At Money... What was it? Money in the Bank? No. What was the last one? Backlash? Uh, Backlash. They had that bullshit at Backlash. With the ninjas. Like, the tag team division is in absolute shambles. Like, why aren't Street Profits doing anything? Like, why are the Viking Raiders just taking, getting um, beat up by 
not Montez, but oh boy, that needs to go on a diet. Angelo Dawkins had a baby. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so paternity leave. Same reason Daniel Bryan isn't there. Same reason why Wyatt disappeared for a second. People are really taking this paternity leave. I mean, I would. They're like, no, fuck you. I'm chilling at home for six weeks. Yeah, I mean, I have a baby. It's the Rona. Figure it out. But I'm just saying, like, the Street Profits are the tag champions. And they haven't really done anything. No, Viking Raiders are in a feud. They tagged with the big show. Yeah, but they're going against someone else, right? Uh, I forgot what tag team. Oh, Garza and Andrade. Yeah, there you go. Which is like, they're not even like a real tag team. All we're doing is waiting for them to break up. Pretty much. Yeah, whatever. I feel like Andrade is going to be the eye band out. I don't like I don't that. like it either. Whatever. Like the, I feel like that's a good stable. Like, keep them together. Yep. I keep saying it every week. They're never going to listen to me. No. Add the cousin. Garza. Umberto ain't doing shit. And Umberto Carrillo should be a tag team. And which... Garza still will break out of that because he's probably the most improved during the Rona for WWE. Yeah, Andrade is great. Andrade is amazing too. Million bucks. They have two legit Spanish stars on the roster. Yeah. We'll see if they treat them how they should. That's up for debate. Not very high hopes. Yeah. But yeah, so man, that was a ton of wrestling. Long show today, but we got through it all. Shout out to the sponsor. Shout out to Network Blue Wire. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back later in the week talking MMA, boxing, and what other hijinks pop up in between then. Follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore. Me at Kel Dansby. Him at Andreas Hale. We appreciate you guys. Stay safe. I will be in Puerto Rico during the next show. So you'll probably catch me recording on the beach. It is going to be lovely. Until then, though. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall, the teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars, and that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire.